Welcome to Lemon Lessons for Leading Life. I am your host, Jeffrey Sendejas. Join me as we find and discuss motivational quotes and grow as leaders together. This week's quote was inspired by reflection on the word that kept coming to mind throughout the week. Discipline. Join me as we discover what this individual meant when he said, A disciplined mind leads to happiness, and an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. Let's talk about it. Who said this? The Dalai Lama did. Dalai Lama is a title given by the Tibetan people to the foremost spiritual leader of the Gulag, or Yellow Hat, school of Tibetan Buddhism, the newest and most dominant of the four major schools of Tibetan Buddhism. The 14th and newest and current Dalai Lama is Tenzin Gyatso who lives as a refugee in India. The Dalai Lama is also considered to be the successor in a line of Tukus, who are believed to be incarnations of Avalokitesara, the deity of compassion. From his exile in India, the religious and political leader, the Dalai Lama, has since, in 1959, stood at the head of the nonviolent opposition to China's occupation of Tibet. When the Nobel Committee chose the Dalai Lama, it emphasized that he based his Buddhist piece of philosophy on reverence for all living things and the idea of a universal responsibility that embraces both man and nature. So, what does this quote even mean? I believe that the word discipline holds such a powerful lesson in and of itself. I mean, think about it for a moment. Webster's Dictionary defines discipline as control gained by enforcing obedience or order, orderly or prescribed conduct or pattern of behavior, and self-control. Now, there are more than these definitions. But these are the three that relate to the topic of having discipline. There is so much value in the fact that the dictionary recognizes self-control as a definition. People who are self-disciplined are usually not impulsive. And that's the reason for their happiness, their joy, both in the moment and long term. It is important to understand That a disciplined mind will lead to inner happiness. These individuals are usually patient while making decisions. And they do not only think of the present moment, but also consider the future in their mind. 
these people tend to have self-control over themselves, and they know well how to balance their goals and desires, picking virtue and delayed gratification over vices and avoiding making impulsive decisions. So, why do I bring up self-control? Because I believe that this is the key to everything in life. Discipline and self-control go hand in hand. I want to go down a series of different areas of life that this can play a factor in. For example, financially. I want to start with finances and money management. It is critical that we have this in check. Because money management and finances is a huge component of life. Money isn't everything, nor does it define who we are as people. It simply brings out who we are and is a method of reaching certain goals and meeting necessities, such as shelter, food, transportation, and utilities. Many of us, if not all of us, want to reach a financial level of having wealth. But this does not happen by accident. In order to be successful at money management, to build wealth, it requires discipline, self-control. It requires the ability of telling ourselves no first and foremost and showing restraint. It is easy to say yes and eat out all the time or go out often and blow a paycheck no matter how much you make. Delayed gratification is challenging, but so worth it. Think back to a time where you wanted something big, a brand new TV, a new gaming console, computer, furniture, or even a house. You probably had to save a little in order to achieve that purchase. It required you saving here and there, even if it was a little bit. Now, when you made this purchase, it was probably so worth the sacrifices that you made to achieve this. All the times you said no and stayed the course made the journey at the end so fruitful. Now, does this mean... You wouldn't have achieved your goal had you blown your money here and there? Not necessarily, but it would have taken significantly longer. Now, if no discipline is present and all your money is not managed well, then you would probably never achieve that goal. Speaking of goals, the next area I wanted to discuss is goal-oriented. This could be any goal you may have set for yourself, from trying to better yourself, to trying to accomplish a certification, to trying to live a healthier lifestyle. It all goes back to one thing. Discipline. You won't see change unless you stay the course and apply what you learn. You are going to have to work hard, even when you don't want to. We have all been there. We have to study 
need to meal prep or go to the gym, yet we don't really feel like doing it. Or we simply don't want to. Well, this goes back to the notion of aggregation of marginal gains. You will have to make a choice in these instances. Will you choose to do something you don't feel like doing and persevere and move the needle to 1% betterment? Or will you succumb to the notion of laziness and procrastination and allow your feeling to consume you, moving the needle down to 1% worse? You won't really notice this change, I promise. But in the grand scheme of things, it can be a domino effect. And next thing you know, you didn't achieve your goal. Why? Because you lack the discipline for success. And who is there to blame? No one but yourself. The only person that can make these decisions of whether or not to have discipline is the person who looks back at you in the mirror. This next area, I think, is the most tangible area for me to understand discipline, sports, and being an athlete. Let me break this down with an example. Think of any sport. They all have a coach, which leads the team. Now imagine if this coach was not disciplined. How would that affect the team? What kind of trust would the athletes have in their coach? None, if any, probably. Athletes see their coach in all areas. On the field, the court, the weight room, the classroom, and in the community. If the coach lacks discipline and consistency, then their credibility unfortunately goes with it. However, as an athlete, do you have the discipline to stay the course, to work hard, keep the grind, persevere through adversity, and win? Or will you walk away? Athletes and coaches have an interesting dichotomy because they each have to have discipline to trust one another. As a coach, if he or she sees that their athletes have discipline, This will result in freedom and increased trust. An example of this is, say, during a football game. If the coach sees his athlete being reckless and undisciplined, then that will dictate how he coaches the game. He will expect the athlete to run specific plays and won't allow for much freedom. However, if the athlete has shown credibility through discipline, then the coach will have trust when the athlete decides to change the play based on what he sees. Discipline is freedom. Let me say this once again. Discipline is freedom. So, whether you are a coach or an athlete, next time you are wondering why your team is possibly not thriving, ask yourself, what kind of discipline do I have? The next area is faith. Faith and religion are areas of discipline. 
To live a life that draws us closer to Christ is not easy. This too requires discipline, self-control, and grace with ourselves. We are always a work in progress project, but we were given the power and the ability of self-control. 2 Timothy chapter 1 verse 7 reminds us, For God did not give us a spirit of cowardice, but rather of power and love and self-control. So, if you currently have fallen out of the rhythm with your faith, it's okay. There is probably a reason. But on the flip side, I challenge each of you to have the discipline to pray, to remain in faith, and simply continue your journey Because at the end of the day, the relationship between you and Christ is simply between you and He, no one else. There will be difficult times, and life is going to be full of trials and tribulations. But have that self-control to keep the course and remain disciplined in the storm. Lastly, I want to talk about personally. This kind of encompasses everything I have talked about and everything I have not. The biggest thing I want to focus on here is relationships. This can be with friends, family, coworkers, etc. But most specifically, in regards to emotional intelligence, or better known as EQ. Don't mistake it for IQ, but EQ, emotional intelligence, is defined as the ability to perceive, interpret, demonstrate, control, evaluate, and use emotions to communicate with and relate to others effectively and constructively. There are four components that go into emotional intelligence that are related to emotions. They are how we perceive, reason, understand, and manage emotions. Perceiving emotions. The first step in understanding emotions is to perceive them accurately. In many cases, this might invoke understanding nonverbal signals such as body language and facial expressions. Reasoning with emotions. The next step involves using emotions to promote thinking and cognitive actively. Emotions help prioritize what we pay attention and react to. We respond emotionally to things that garner our attention. Understanding emotions. The emotions that we perceive can carry a wide variety of meanings. If someone is expressing angry emotions, the observer might interpret the cause of the person's anger and what it could mean. For example, if your boss is acting angry, it might mean that they are dissatisfied with your work. Or it could be because they got a speeding ticket on their way to work that morning or that night, and they've been fighting with their partner, right? You just never know what's going on in their life. 
Managing emotions. The ability to manage emotions effectively is a crucial part of emotional intelligence and the highest level. Regulating emotions and responding appropriately as well as responding to the emotions of others are all important aspects of emotional management. So why do I bring all this up? Because you have to have and learn discipline in order to ensure that you do not allow your emotions to control you. That you are not reactionary. Think about how many times you have allowed your emotions to override you and you have become captive to your emotions. Why? Because this is based on lack of discipline. How many times do we become agitated or upset over something and take it out on the first person we talk to? Or just implode all of our anger or frustration on someone we care about? There is a healthy way of venting, but lashing out recklessly is not the answer. This can result in relationships being broken, becoming unsalvageable in some instances, if not careful. So, next time we have an emotional buildup, take a deep breath and try to have perspective emotional intelligence, and most importantly, discipline. I hope you gained an appreciation and a new perspective on the quote, a disciplined mind leads to happiness, and an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. And if you find yourself wondering how you can make an impact today, Begin with you and do exactly that. Have self-control. Have discipline. Because discipline is freedom. And remember, a disciplined mind leads to happiness. And an undisciplined mind leads to suffering. Until next time, subscribe and remember to Soar high like eagles and lead on. Mm-hmm.